My fellow y'all people, welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Hey, hello there. It is Tuesday, and we're going to be talking Tennessee politics in just a few minutes. We'll have Joel Ebert. He is the political writer from the Tennessean newspaper, Tennessean.com on the World Wide Web. And my goodness, if you live in Tennessee, you are inundated with advertising for all of the primaries going on, not today, but Thursday in the Volunteer State. They'll have a Republican and Democratic primary, and Mr. Ebert will be stopping by to tell us all about the multiple candidates running for governor on both sides of the aisle, as well as the Senate race between Marsha Blackburn and Phil Bredesen. Well, at least that's the expected two that are going to emerge after Thursday's primary. We'll be talking Tennessee politics with the Tennesseans, Joel Ebert, later this hour on the Y'all Show. In hour two, we'll have our sports lanyard, the Southern Conference, college football's FCS. The Southern Conference, also known as the SOCON, has teams like Walford, Samford, East Tennessee State, UT Chattanooga, VMI, the Citadel, Furman, Western Carolina. I think I've covered them all. Well, that conference just had its media event and... We're going to tell you all about Mercer Bears. Don't want to leave Mercer out. We're, we, they're in Macon, Georgia. We're going to tell you all about the Southern Conference in hour two. We'll actually hear from one of the head coaches of uh, the head coach of the team expected to capture the SoCon in 2018. And the Southern Conference again, an FCS level program, but it has a proud history. I think the SoCon goes back to 1925. It's one of the oldest conferences in the country. In fact. Most every SEC and ACC program at one time was a member of the Southern Conference. Hey, uh, it's true. They all left the Southern Conference for the most part and started the SEC. But, yes, many of them have a direct tie to the SOCON. And we'll tell you about the current SOCON, the prediction for that in 2018, and, and more coming up in our in hour two in our sports land. Yeah, plus, we'll have Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, dropping by for a report on his journey to the coastal empire of Georgia and the low country of South Carolina. Well, on the Y'all Show, we dig into our headlines across the southeast, and we're going to start in Florida, and we're going to stay in the Sunshine State for just a few. We've got a few different things we want to tell you about. First off, the governor of Florida signed a law a few months back, and now as a result of that, and this law happened because of the absolutely horrible tragedy at Stoneman Douglas School in South Florida. Now more than 450 people in the state of Florida have been ordered to give up their guns under this new law. Yes, gun owners are not happy. This risk protection order was signed by Governor Rick Scott three weeks after a gunman killed 17 people at Stoneman Douglas High School. And this new law is to temporarily remove weapons from gun owners who have been deemed by a judge to possibly be a threat to themselves or others. And again, it brings up the whole Second Amendment issue. And and again, Florida's kind of become a battleground for the first, for first and Second Amendment rights. And we'll have to see what happens. Of course, if you know anything about Florida politics, Governor Scott is leaving that position and he's running for U.S. Senator in the state of Florida. So Rick Scott and many conservatives not happy about all the gun restrictions now as a result of the Stoneman Douglas tragedy. And I don't want to weigh in too much on that. It's just 
That was an absolute horrible tragedy. Unfortunately, we've seen it happen way too often. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. So I don't want to blame it totally on the gun, but frankly also, do we need to have guns out there by young people like the killer there in Florida that are automatic weapons like that? I mean, if you're going to have an automatic weapon, should, should you be allowed to have a bazooka or any other? Should I be able to possess an atomic weapon because I deserve to have it? So, I mean, these are questions that I'm not saying are right or wrong, but they, they pose interesting questions to anybody on whatever side of the aisle you're on on the Second Amendment issue. And I fully believe the Second Amendment is a great thing, but its original intent was to be something you could use and go pick up a gun, not to go hunting, but to go out and protect your family against a tyrannical government. That's why we have a country today. We had people in Massachusetts that went and grabbed a, 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 a musket and fought off the British. And that's why we have a country. Is we, it took force to become the United States of America. And we want to have the ability to rise up again, if need be, against a government. Some people might be ready to do it right now against Donald Trump. Who knows? But you should have that right. And that, that's why the Second Amendment is on the books. More on that front to come. Speaking of the president, speaking of Florida, he's going to be in Tampa tonight. And he's going to be down there to support Ron DeSantis, who is a congressman from Tampa from the actually he's from the north coast he's from Jacksonville but anyway DeSantis is now a candidate for governor for Rick Scott's seat in the Sunshine State and Trump today put out a full-throated endorsement of Ron DeSantis for governor of the state of Florida and Trump will be in Tampa to support Ron DeSantis and other Republicans that are going to be in the contest for Florida's governor's race and that'll be November 6th whenever they have that in the Sunshine State. There's roughly seven or eight Republican declared candidates on the Republican side. On the Democratic side, they've got a slew there as well. And Florida is going to be a, another battleground in the world of politics. Not sure if Florida's going to have a red or blue wave come November, but right now, you know, at least on the southwest coast of the Sunshine State, Florida is having a red tide as beach hazard warnings have been issued for the southwest coast of that state. An unprecedented red tide event is being blamed for the deaths of scores of animals along the Florida coast. A beach hazard warning was issued last night due to the presence of red tide, a name given when harmful colonies of algae grow out of control in the water. The algae produces toxins that can be harmful to animals and humans and makes shellfish from the water dangerous to eat. The algae bloom turns the water red, giving it its name. Eww, that does not sound good for Southwest Florida. And if you're going to be in that area, please be very cautious. As we said, it can be harmful to humans, but mainly it's very bad on wildlife and any kind of shellfish. So down south of Tampa, be on the lookout for red tide. No, that sounds like a movie, but it's actually something that affects the environment with algae. To the state of Maryland and the man who was charged with killing five people last month in Annapolis in the Capitol Gazette newsroom murder spree has pleaded not guilty. Jared Ramos was not in the courtroom on Monday, but his public defender entered the plea for him. The circuit judge said the public defender for Ramos had entered his appearance and filed motions for discovery and a speedy trial 
That means Ramos, who's age 38, did not need to appear. Ramos remains held without bond in Annapolis. His next a court appearance, a status hearing before the county circuit court judge in August, will focus on scheduling matters. So I'm a little surprised that he pleaded not guilty in this or, or is declaring that he's not guilty in Annapolis. And another awful crime spree, five people murdered in the Capitol Gazette newsroom last month. Ugh. Are you a Mississippi gambler? Well, you actually have the chance now to go to the Biloxi casinos of the Beau Rivage and the Gold Strike Casino in Tunica and gamble on sports as the state of Mississippi will begin accepting legal sports waivers tomorrow at high noon. And this marks the 26th anniversary of the first casino wagering in Mississippi in 1992. Yes, sports betting now legal in Mississippi as of high noon tomorrow. And they're kind of having a little bit of a star-studded event. At the Beau Rivage in Biloxi, former Miami Hurricanes running back and two-time NFL Pro Bowler Willis McGahee will be on hand. You also have odds maker Danny Sheridan will be at the Beau Rivage in Biloxi for the event and other state officials to kick off legalized sports betting in Mississippi. And in North Mississippi at the Gold Strike Casino in Tunica, a couple of other players of note to be on the lookout for is former Tennessee Vols wide receiver and four-time NFL Pro Bowler Stanley Morgan will be in Tunica to celebrate the legalization of sports betting. And you'll also have gaming officials from the state office from Jackson up in Tunica for that event. So, yes, sports bets in Mississippi starting tomorrow. If you don't have enough ways to waste money, then I guess there's another way you can waste. But some, some of you may be able to make money at it, and kudos if you're one of those lucky few. I never have wagered on sports, and look at me. I could be so much richer if I just just – took a gamble. <laughs> All right, Texas. Hey, did you realize that the state capital may be changing its name? Yeah. Here's another knucklehead group. Austin's name may be changed because a city report from that city, the capital of Texas, a, a, an office called the Austin Equity Office has recommended a new name for the city because Stephen F. Austin don't, don't, don't. He had ties to the Confederacy. And he also supported slavery, including the opposition to Mexico's attempt to ban slavery. He said free slaves would be, quote, vagabonds, a nuisance, and a menace. Austin is known as the father of Texas for bringing 300 families to what was then part of Mexico. Stephen F. Austin, the father of Texas, whose name is the namesake of of the capital of Austin, well, at least people within the city government, they don't like his name, and they're looking for perhaps a name change to the capital of the Lone Star Republic. <laughs> and uh, again, I'm just telling you the news. That's what's going on, but here we go again. And in, in the last few days, I've seen where leaders in Memphis have totally demolished, not only, they've already taken down the statue of Jefferson Davis, but they had to get rid of the base and everything. They they took away some other Confederate soldier I'd never even heard of from a park there. But get this. They were in the same Confederate park in Memphis. They actually had a, 
a statue of the Ten Commandments, a small statue that was put up 50, 60 years ago. Well, this group decided to leave it. But boy, they got to get rid of those other Confederate things because they're controversial. But a Ten Commandments statue, well, they'll, they'll, they repositioned it. They actually did move it, but they just put it somewhere else in the park. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, to Arkansas, and this is a yeoman's effort by some people on the ground in the natural state. Arkansans are still waiting to see whether a push to raise the state's minimum wage will make it on the November ballot. A group's trying to make that happen, and they received some good news this week. They're getting extra time to collect signatures. The Arkansas Secretary of State's office says that about 52,000 valid signatures have arrived, but another 15,000 are needed, and the group wanting to push for this have been given 30 days to get them. If passed, the proposal in Arkansas would raise the state's minimum wage from $8.50 an hour to $11 by the year 2021. Minimum wage perhaps going on a ballot in Arkansas in November, and that's the way it ought to be. I love it when states come up with their own initiatives and this may get on the ballot it may not but isn't it better that states decide pay for people within a state instead of it being a federal mandate that's that's how i feel about it but good job by that group whether they they whether they are successful or not people are out trying to to make a difference one way or the other let the people decide and that's good news there in Louisiana, here's another initiative that's getting a bipartisan push. As Louisiana is a state where you can be convicted of a felony and you don't have to have a unanimous decision by the jury for that. They call it a split jury. And there's an initiative going on by a coalition that is trying to get voter support for a proposal ending this law that's currently on the books in Louisiana that allows split juries to convict people of serious felony crimes. And voters will decide the fate of the constitutional change on the November 6th ballot. So this one is up for citizens of Louisiana to vote for. For example, right now, the way the law states in Louisiana, on in a murder case, for example, you can be found guilty if 10 of the 12 jurors agree on the person's guilt. Most states, by far, it has to be unanimous for a person to be convicted of a serious felony. And Louisiana is one of only two states that allow non-unanimous verdicts in felony cases. Well, this is going up before the state in the general election in November, and it's getting support on both sides of the aisle. So Louisiana, which has Napoleonic law, I don't know if you know that or not, they have different, different way of doing things down on the bayou. And this is one old law still on the book, the split jury law that could be changing in Louisiana in just a few months. Now to South Georgia we go, and Alma, Georgia, a man shoots himself in the leg to avoid going to court. <laughs> the Alma Police Department arrested 57-year-old Jerome White for a false report of a crime and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon earlier this week. He told officers that, that arrived at the hospital that he had been shot at his home on Taylor Road, but officers were suspicious and questioned White about the incident, and he later confessed that he had shot himself in the leg to avoid going to court on a separate criminal offense. Here's your sign. <laughs> He'd been taken into custody 
originally alleging that he had beat a child with his closed fist until the child lost consciousness when he allegedly began to strangle the child before others stepped in. So to avoid going to court, he shot himself and then tried to say that somebody else did it. Back to Louisiana, and Angola Prison is the state's massive penal complex. They even have a rodeo there for for the prisoners that they put on a rodeo every year. They even have their own radio station. In fact, one of my shows actually has aired on KLSP in Angola, Louisiana. Well, the prison there has some bad boys in blue, evidently, as the state penitentiary in Angola, Louisiana, a correction sergeant was arrested over the weekend because he's accused of trying to smuggle drugs hidden in a Subway sandwich into the prison. It better have been a foot long. Jeffrey Day, who lived in nearby Centerville, Mississippi, was booked with one count each of possession with intent to distribute marijuana, possession with intent to distribute synthetic marijuana, and malfeasance in office, the State Department of Corrections reported. Yeah, trying to sneak in drugs through a Subway sandwich. <laughs> I, I don't know what he had on Jared's menu, but I, I don't recommend that anytime. Now another boy, bad boy in blue, and this one is just this is, this one's just bad. This is in North Carolina, Southport, North Carolina. All police operations have been suspended in Southport in the aftermath of a public corruption charge levied against its chief and an officer in the department. Mayor of Southport, Jerry Dove says that he and the city board last week asked the Brunswick County Sheriff's Office to assume all law enforcement functions until further notice. Why? Because the chief of police and his deputy had a habitual and repeated pattern of leaving their police post for work at a trucking company. They were arrested last week, the same day multiple search warrants were executed at the police department, town hall, and trucking company. Mm. leaving your police job to work as a trucker. I know the pay is good if you drive trucks, but my goodness, the town of Southport needs some police enforcement, and <laughs> it looks like the man in charge and his second-in-command there abandoned their post to go work for a trucking company. A bad boy in blue. Well, that's a look at headlines from across the south here on a Tuesday. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we'll switch over to the state of Tennessee. Joel Ebert covers Tennessee politics for the Tennessean newspaper, and we'll get his take on this week's primary in Tennessee, where multiple candidates are up for the Republican nomination for governor, and also there'll be a primary on the Democratic side for governor, too, this week, as well as things are heating up in the race to replace Bob Corker in the U.S. Senate in Tennessee. All that is ahead on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section. 
Feel Blue Star work fast for your money back. Small business owners, there's something you do better than anyone else. And with Vistaprint, it's easier than ever to promote what makes your business great. In fact, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 standard cards for as low as $9.99. Check out hundreds of customizable templates or upload your own one-of-a-kind designs. You can create a business card that works as hard as you and make it as unique as your business. Just go to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. They say you can't go home again I just had to come back one last time Ma'am, I know you don't know me from Adam But these handprints on the front steps are mine And the Y'all Show continues with John Rawl, the show all about the South. And we've already seen throughout the last few months in the South, big primaries in Georgia, South Carolina, and now Tennessee jumps up on stage and becomes epicenter of the world of politics this week as the Volunteer State has primaries going on Thursday. And from the Tennessean newspaper in Nashville, we welcome in political writer Joel Ebert to the Y'all Show. Hello, Joel. Welcome into Y'all, sir. Thanks for having me on, John. Well, thank you for taking time from a very chaotic week. And as a guy who loves politics but doesn't quite understand Tennessee politics, let me ask this very simple question. What in the world is Tennessee doing having a primary on a Thursday? (laughs) It is uh, a rarity. I just actually saw yesterday there's only a few states that have it, including Hawaii and apparently Tennessee. Uh, I think it, it, it just happens to be on that on non-presidential years. Uh, during presidential years, we have them on Tuesday, like most other states. Okay, but again, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, do not go to the polls today. The, <laughs> that's right. The primary in Tennessee is Thursday. That's right. That's right. It is. And, you know, historically, we've had it um, that way for, again, non-presidential years. Uh, I think the the thinking is it gets people a little bit more motivated. It's later in the week. I don't I don't really know what the logic is. Um, there has been some talk I know among uh, political observers to change the date, but thus far it is stuck to Thursday. Well, so well, that's a little better than Louisiana, where I think they vote sometimes on Saturday. So 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got too many chores to do on Saturday. You may not go vote, but <laughs> maybe not on Thursday. Joel, I want to ask you, of course, in Tennessee, the the race that's probably getting more attention, which is hard to believe since the Senate race is up for grabs. The, the Senate's up for grabs since Corker is retiring and letting someone else step in Washington in his place. The the race that is very contentious is for the Republican position, the uh, the for governor in the state of Tennessee, and you've got about four candidates going for that. If you will, for our non-Tennesseans listening, kind of explain what in the world is going on in the volunteer state. Sure. So we have our our governor uh, Bill Haslam is term limited. So there's the for the first time in eight years, there's really an open field of candidates running. We've got everyone from um, Diane Black, who is a congressman uh, who has been in Congress since 2010. Um, she is most recently the House Budget Chairman. She's vying for the GOP nomination, as well as our State House Speaker, Beth Harwell. And we also have two businessmen, one named Randy Boyd from uh, eastern part of the state in Knoxville, and uh, another businessman who um, has a, a farm uh, as well as a HVAC company. His name is Bill Lee, and he's from Middle Tennessee. So the four of them, um, uh, Black, Harwell, um, Boyd, and Lee, are really kind of duking it out in what has become sort of an ugly uh, fight for the nomination that has featured everything from anonymous text messages to voters to attack ads, uh, as well as misleading, uh, uh, you know, mailers in, in, in the, the postal service mail. So, yeah, I was passing through Tennessee over the weekend and I heard an ad attacking Bill Lee for firing a Iraq veteran or an Afghanistan veteran. Yeah, so that's been uh, lately the talk of the town, and the thought behind the attack is because Bill Lee has been up in polling, even though many didn't anticipate that heading into uh, the race, uh, that you know they need to attack, attack, attack. Bill Lee's uh, personal business is the one that, that fired this veteran in question, and uh, essentially what their, what their rationale was, there was layoffs in the recession, Therefore, he was part of this round of layoffs. So, uh, again, this is politics as usual, where mm -hmm. one side says one thing, one says the other. So right. let the voters decide if it matters. Now, on the y'all show earlier, we said how this Republican duking it out of these foursome, I think it has amassed over $50 million in expenditures on this governor's race. So the, uh, on the Republican side alone, it's been $45 million in expenditures. Okay. If you count in the two Democrats, which really one is the, the one pumping money in, it's up to $51 million. It is now uh, well past the point of being the most expensive race in state history. Uh, the previous high was the, 19, or the 2006 uh, Bob Corker versus Harold Ford Senate race where about $34 million was spent. And mind you, we're only at the halfway point, really. This mm -hmm. is the primary. So there right. could be another $20, 30000000 million spent in the general election in the, the governor's race. Uh, absolutely amazing number. And we're seeing this trend all over the country. I remember in that special election in Georgia last year, the amount of money pumped in for the guy that was replacing uh, uh, Tom Price. Yeah, Tom Price's old seat. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this is just a growing, growing trend all over politics. Let's talk about the two guys on the Democratic side. One is the former mayor of Nashville, and then the other one I'm not that familiar with. Tell us about the Dems and the Republican, uh, and the 
change in the uh, effort to try to be governor of Tennessee? Uh, so yeah, we've got two candidates largely on the top tier Republic or Democrats. Uh, Craig Fitzhugh is the lesser of the known ones. He has been in the state house for uh, more than 20 years. He's, he's was a majority leader at one point of the, the state legislature. Then when the Democrats uh, lost their majority, became the minority leader. Um, he's seen as more of a progressive. Uh, he's always supporting and fighting for Medicaid expansion uh, under the Affordable Care Act. Um, he's got a little bit more of the grassroots legislative uh, support. Uh, whereas Carl Dean has got a little more of the business oriented, Carl Dean being the former mayor of Nashville, uh, business oriented, uh, moderate. You know, he's really kind of reaching across the aisle, independent uh, support that he's trying to get. It, largely, people think that that Dean is going to win. Uh, it just depends on how big of a margin. Some people have said it will be a landslide. Other people say it's going to be closer. Now, where's Fitzgerald from? Fitzhugh is a West Tennessee guy. He's, he's close to Jackson, Memphis area, um, but it's a little town called Ripley. Oh, okay. That's in Lauderdale yeah. County, Tennessee. Yep. Not far from the Mississippi River. That's right. So you've got the Democrats and the Republicans, and I was listening to one of your Nashville area talk stations, Beth Harwell. We didn't mention her too much earlier. She is playing the nice girl approach she she claims she's not putting any negative ads out and she is the speaker of the house in tennessee right she is beth harwell has been speaker for eight years she's served in the state legislature since the late 1980s she's had a remarkable career and you know i don't think anybody would be um uh you know disappointed on the republican side if she were the nominee I think her hard her issue is she hasn't been kind of screaming out there the loudest. She hasn't tried to really show her support for the president in the way that other people have. Um, so I think, you know, if, if she were to run maybe uh, a couple of years ago, maybe she resonates a little bit more. Although her candidacy and her, her campaign is saying she's been rising in the polls so it, it's what we expect to be uh, coming out on Thursday is going to be a very close election between the four Republicans. Now, the Trump factor does play into this with Tennessee being a state that supported the president. And he's been known here in recent weeks to jump in at the last minute and put his full support behind a candidate. Diane Black seems to be the person he's pulling for. But what is your take on President Trump maybe doing something at the last minute to try to push somebody over the finish line? I, I think there are two thoughts. I mean, obviously, uh, Diane Black would love to get the president's support. Last week, she had Vice President Mike Pence give her, quote, her support on Twitter. It was short of a full-throated endorsement, but it was more than nothing. Uh, as far as the president goes, some people have said the fact that he has waited this long leads you to believe that it's not happening. Really? Um, the yeah, our governor, Bill Haslam, actually asked the White House to stay out of the race. Uh, he is the current Republican Governors Association chairman. Uh, he said, essentially, you know, keep your powder dry until November when we need you. Um, but, you know, with that warning, it, it clearly didn't uh, they, they didn't heed that when Mike Pence weighed in on the race. But again, my my thought is I, I think it would be a shocking last minute development. If the president weighs in, but nobody can really control what he tweets out in the morning, so we never know. 
you are correct on that. Last thing I want to talk to you about on the governor's side, then we'll switch over to the Senate race going on in the volunteer state. Why in the world would they have such – this isn't just for Tennessee. In your opinion, why is being a governor worth spending over $50 million in the campaign for? What What is it that someone wants to go through this much headache, raising this much money for a governor of a state? I mean, I think it's a logical question to ask, you know, when one candidate alone has spent over $20 million, others have spent, you know, 12, 13. I think the 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 logic behind it is I want to have my impact on the state. I think I can have the, the, the biggest impact on a statewide level. You know, if you are a U.S. senator, you're one of 99. If you are in the state legislature, you're one of, uh, in Tennessee, 132. If you're the governor, you are the agenda setter. So if you have a vision for the state and think that it's going to help out the state in a a way that other people wouldn't, uh, that's maybe why you're going to throw that money in. Um, I don't know that it is, it's, you know, throwing the money equals the best vision for the state. Um, But it, it really is kind of astounding to think, that in this era, uh, you have to be what appears to be a multi-multi-millionaire to be relevant in these races. We're visiting with Joel Ebert of the Tennessean newspaper in Nashville. He is the political reporter for that great newspaper with a legacy of putting out great political coverage across the state of Tennessee and beyond. Well, we've just been talking about the governor's race in the butternut state. But believe it or not, there is more activity going on in Thursday's primary. And we'll talk to Joel about that on the other side of this break. More Tennessee political talk coming up, y'all. Good old Rocky Top. Woo! We'll be right back with more, y'all. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2-liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Lightning can spark a fire in seconds. So today, I'll show you how to protect your belongings by covering them in a fireproof blanket fort. All you need is a hammer, nails, and 700 fireproof blankets. Upon completion, you'll notice your apartment isn't just fireproof, it's also extremely cozy. You could try to protect your valuables with a fireproof blanket fort, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Go to geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a 
$50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. And the Y'all Show is back with John Rawl. We're talking Tennessee politics as Tennessee goes to the polls Thursday for an election of primaries on the Republican and Democratic side. We're talking with Joel Ebert now. He's the Statehouse reporter for the Tennessean. And on Twitter, Joel can be found at JoelEbert29 on Twitter. Okay, Joel, we talked all Tennessee governor's primary in the previous segment. Now let's talk about some other things going on in Tennessee politics. First off, how big of a deal is early voting going into this week's primary? It's been an uptick from the last uh, election. We've seen an 11% rise. I think the conventional wisdom, though, among election watchers is it they would like to see higher so uh while it's exciting to always see the numbers tick up you got to remember this is the first time in eight years we've had a governor's race uh that is actually you know a contested primary this is the first time in a long time that we've seen excitement on the u.s senate level uh although that's not really playing a factor in the the primary election that much so well you gave me the perfect setup okay in tennessee bob corker decided some time ago that he's not going to run for re-election, which I think he probably planned not to run again anyway, but his his problems with the president helped certainly make that decision for him. So you've got an open Senate seat that's going to be contested in November, and you've got a congresswoman from the Tennessee area, from Middle Tennessee, in Marsha Blackburn. She's going to be, is she contested at all in this week's primary? Yeah, there's uh, just kind of also rants. It's really not re- not considered a, uh, a sweat. She doesn't have to worry about getting the nomination. Okay, so she'll be going up against, I assume, also not too much competition on the Democratic side, Phil Bredesen, longtime mayor of Nashville and a former two-term governor in Tennessee. Any competition for Bredesen this week? Uh, um, again, minor competition. Okay. Minor. So you fully expect, can we go ahead and get your prediction? Will it be Blackburn <laughs> versus Bredesen? It will. It will <laughs> undoubtedly be that. All right. You heard it here. Joel Ebert with breaking news, people. <laughs> breaking news. We've got a prediction. Wolf Blitzer, where are you? Okay. So what is your take on what's going to happen in November between these two in the race for the U.S. Senate seat in the state of Tennessee? It's going to be a thrilling race. I mean, the, again, the last time we, we saw this kind of blockbuster level was 2006 when Bob Corker ran for uh, and successfully became uh, senator against Harold Ford, who was congressman from Tennessee at the time. That was kind of a, a dirty campaign. It, it got, uh, you know, nasty towards the end of the race. Uh, we anticipate there's going to be just national attention paid to this one. Uh, just like there was in 2006. I think essentially the path for Blackburn is going to be to tout her relationship with the president, tout her conservative values, and just tout the direction that the state has been going, which is seemingly more right-leaning in the last few years. Bredesen, meanwhile, is going to want to tap into his base of people that he last had 
support him in his last election, uh, which was 2006. Uh, and he is trying to get people energized and, and, and you know, reacclimated to who he is. A whole lot of people moved to Tennessee since Bredesen was last on the ballot. And his other thing he's going to need to do is keep this a local race. He cannot have this be a national race uh, all about the grouping of him in with with, you know, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. He's going to want to make it a very Tennessee centric race. I see. Well, Marsha Blackburn, to her credit, she went to Mississippi State, and she is a bulldog. She has been a bulldog for, <laughs> Don, for Donald Trump the entire time that he was running as for a candidate for president. She was out there in support for him. And I was actually surprised, Joel, that she never took a job within the administration. I don't even know if one was offered to her. We were prepared to write that story. I mean, we were convinced after he wins that she's going to get a, you know, an ambassadorship, a cabinet level position. There was talk at some point of her being named FEC chair. Uh, none of that played out. I think she may have been offered positions and turned them down for thinking there might be something better down the line. And I think for, for Blackburn, this is the right opportunity for her. I mean, she initially said she wanted to run for for re-election to congress and then when when corker announces uh decision this really kind of shook up political uh you know the the political landscape here in tennessee wow well i actually was surprised she didn't get offered the u.s ambassador to mississippi uh, <laughs> that would have been that would have been a perfect job for her can you imagine if she wins the senate seat her on the floor of the u.s senate talking i mean that would be classic southern right there she might it, it would be she'd probably start sharing recipes and such <laughs> we're talking with joel ebert here on the y'all show and bredesen again he's a guy who was beloved i was a nashville resident when he was the mayor of the city of nashville and of course, the Titans ended up moving to Tennessee under his watch, and so much really growth happened in Nashville. Then he became governor of the state of Tennessee. And it's real funny because Bob Corker would have been a mayor of Chattanooga when Bredesen was mayor of Nashville. And you could kind of sense that Corker wasn't going to, like, trash talk Bredesen during this whole campaign for his seat, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is – Corker is flat out said, I'm not going to campaign against my friend Phil Bredesen. That being said, Corker has gone to fundraisers for Blackburn. He's donated to Blackburn. He's given her unconditional uh, support in whatever way that is. But it doesn't appear that he wants to, uh, you know, stand up as the uh, current um, representative and trash the either party or, or either folks uh, that are vying for his spot. Well, it's going to be, like you said, a real blockbuster election in November when that happens, as you fully expect here with Bredesen and Blackburn going up against it. Anything else on the ballot this Thursday for Tennessee voters? Yeah, we've got uh, congressional races. Um, one that's really interesting is, is an East Tennessee race where uh, Jimmy Duncan, who has served in um, uh, Congress for, for decades, he's retiring. And so there are more than 12 candidates, including seven Republicans vying uh, for the, uh, you know, for the nomination, as well as uh, the the other seats that are open now that Blackburn and Black are not running, they've got several uh, candidates vying for their seats. So those are going to be the closer watch ones. Um, I think the East Tennessee one will be um, very close in, in terms of uh, a race. And there is one last one where David Kustoff, he's a member of Congress right now from 
West Tennessee. He was challenged in 2016 when he first ran by a guy named George Flynn, and uh, Kossoff beat Flynn by just 2,600 votes. Last week, the president gave his full endorsement for Kostoff's re-election. So I imagine that race won't be as close as it previously would have been without the president weighing in. Well, Flynn is a doctor in Memphis, and he's got a lot of money, and he's been he running. He's a perennial candidate. You can give him that title. I think he even once went off against uh, Steve Cohen, the congressman from Memphis. I think those two uh, once had a race against each other. But uh, Flynn loves to run, and he's got his own radio stations and television stations all over the Mid-South, so I guess he gets a pretty good deal on advertising. But uh, it's, that that's going to be a, an interesting race. Any other weird ballot measures or anything else that you're aware of this Thursday? No, we don't have any. Uh, there's going to be a lot of turnover in the state legislature, so we're keeping an eye on that. Um, but no, there are no no ballot initiatives. Well, you do cover the state house uh, in Tennessee, and I assume Tennessee is done with state business for this year. We are. We've been done since May of this year. So okay, anything looming on on the hill in Nashville with uh, any kind of thing in 2019 that we should be aware of? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's going to come up, I would think almost immediately, is the next governor is going to have to decide what they want to do with health care, um, as well as the opioid crisis. Tennessee is just being decimated by the opioid epidemic. Uh, as the gubernatorial candidates have gone out on the campaign trail, they've really talked about the need to address this. Um, and as far as the uh, health care coverage goes, uh, we've heard the Republicans say, essentially, we want to get block grants so we can potentially discuss expanding in some sense under the Affordable Care Act. But again, it would be through a block grant system, whereas the Democrats just want to have an expansion immediately. Uh, so that that that's all going to play out in early next year. And remind me, it's been a number of years, but what was it going on like 10 years ago that Tennesseans almost had a revolt in Nashville? Was that over health care? No, that was income tax. Ah, uh, so, okay. uh, yeah, the Republican governor at the time tried to propose an income tax. In Tennessee, we don't have one. Uh, and actually, oddly enough, at the time, there was a group of uh, people that were Republicans that were going up against the governor of their own party, huh. including Marsha Blackburn, Diane Black, and another candidate uh, or another uh, um, uh, lawmaker at the time, who were known as the killer bees. They all had bees in their last name. And so they all tout their credentials as saying, we successfully stopped the income tax fight. Ah, okay. Well, I haven't seen anything quite like that in Nashville in a few years. So let's uh, maybe for Nashville tourism's sake, it won't happen again. But I remember that from several years ago. Joel Ebert, again, on Twitter, at JoelEbert29. You can find him. You can read his writing in the Tennessean newspaper online at Tennessean. Dot com and we appreciate you giving us the scoop on all things Tennessee politics, and we'll keep our eye on the Volunteer State Thursday for the primary. Thanks for having me on, John. Appreciate well, it. Hey, thank you very much, Joel. Well, that wraps up this hour of Y'all with John Rawl. When we come back in hour two, we're going to keep the madness going, not to, on a political side, but we'll talk sports as we have sports land yet. We'll preview the Southern Conference. Speaking of the state of Tennessee, the ETSU Bucks and the Chattanooga Mocks are both in the Southern Conference. We'll preview that conference, and we'll have some information on a NBA superstar that wants to try his hand at golf next week. We'll tell you about that, and we'll have Matt Hearman's 
the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, with a report from his journey to Savannah, Georgia. All that ahead an hour or two on today's Y'all Show with John Ross. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Small business owners, there's something you do better than anyone else. And with Vistaprint, it's easier than ever to promote what makes your business great. In fact, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 standard cards for as low as $9.99. Check out hundreds of customizable templates or upload your own one-of-a-kind designs. You can create a business card that works as hard as you and make it as unique as your business. Just go to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646. And welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl, the show all about the South. And we are glad that you've tuned us in on the second hour of the Tuesday, Y'all. We've got Matt Hearman's coming up in just a few, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. He's been on a little bit of a road trip to the coast of South Carolina and Georgia, and we're going to get him to relay his journey and where all he stopped for a good barbecue and perhaps other good stops along the way for other types of food. Oh, you know, like seafood. (laughs) We'll be talking to Matt in just a few moments. So hang on for the barrister and the great report that he provides. Also a programming note on the Wednesday Y'all Show, we'll be talking plenty of country music with Precious Harris as we'll have our Nashville music line on the Wednesday Y'all. And I am anxious to hear what Precious reports from Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee. That'll be all on Wednesday. But right now, it's still Tuesday, and we still got plenty of exciting stuff to throw your way on the Y'all program. Right now, we've got Sports Lanyap. This is where we look at all kinds of sports news, mostly from areas that you don't necessarily get a lot of attention from, a lot of love. And we love to do that. And on today's show, we're going to spotlight the Southern Conference, the SOCON of college football, this FCS mammoth 
headquartered in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We'll talk about the new poll that came out of the SOCON schools and the ranking of them and the team predicted to finish first in the Southern Conference. Well, we're going to have their head coach speak in just a few minutes. You don't want to miss it, but that's in a few. Right now, let's turn our attention to, well, it's kind of NBA-related, but it's also golf-related. Two things that I'm sure most of you really, really like. Stephen Curry, the pride of Davidson, which was once a member of the Southern Conference, he's going to get back on the golf caravan, and he's going to test his skills next week on the Web.com Tour, which is the PGA Tour's developmental circuit. He's going to play in the Ellie May Classic, where he shot rounds of 74 and 74 last year, but missed the cut. This tournament begins on August 9th at TPC Stonebrae in Hayward, California. And a lot of people were in the crowd in California to watch him play last year where he did miss the cut. But Curry is a great golfer. He really enjoys the game. His dad is a very good golfer, Dale Curry. And I can see him kind of going the golfing route as soon as his NBA career is not even over. I, I think he, he's likely to try to become a professional golfer sooner than later because he's really that good. And don't be surprised if Tony Romo also tries to be in more and more of these type of events. Tony Romo won the Celebrity Pro-Am at Lake Tahoe two weeks ago, and Steph Curry was in that tournament too, but Romo is a fantastic duffer. But Steph Curry is going to give it another shot next weekend on the Web.com Tour's Ellie Mae Classic. Now that'll be something worth tuning in there. Steph Curry's favorite NFL team is the Carolina Panthers, and man, they're having a hard time in training camp. They just had a player this week suffer another serious injury. That's the second one since camp began last week. Ross Cockrell went down with a fractured left tibia and fibula, and that is not good news for the cornerback. On Saturday, starting right tackle Daryl Williams was hurt. It turns out it could be a torn MCL and a dislocated patella for him but not good news for the Carolina Panthers in training camp in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Speaking of Spartanburg, that is the home of the Southern Conference of the FCS football level. In 2017, the Walford Terriers, based in Spartanburg, where the Carolina Panthers actually had their training camp, won the conference. Before that, you'd had the Citadel Bulldogs win back-to-back SOCON championships. Well, this year, the pollsters are predicting that Birmingham, Alabama, Sanford University is going to be the runaway favorite to win the Southern Conference of the FCS. Sanford comes in in the preseason coaches poll at number one. You also have Walford right there at number two. Walford's had a coaching change. Mike Ayers retired after more than 30 years in Spartanburg. Furman Paladins at three. Western Carolina at four. Chattanooga Mocs at five. Mercer Bears six. The Citadel Bulldogs seven. ETSU Bucks at eight. And the VMI Kedets at nine. VMI did not win a single conference game in all of 2017. It's been a while since they've won hardly anything in Lexington, Virginia. But that is a look at the coaches poll for the Southern Conference for 2018. Sanford, they're on the rise and part of the reason the Bulldogs are doing well is they have a veteran quarterback in Devlin Hodges. Chris Hatcher is the head coach in Birmingham of Sanford University. He spoke this week at a media event at the school. Now, Chris Hatcher's he's a great coach, and he's been a coach a long time. He's been 
at the Division II level at Valdosta State. And when he was at Valdosta State, he had a guy named Kirby Smart working for him. He also had a guy named Will Muschamp working for him at Valdosta State. Well, now he's moved on to the FCS level. Chris Hatcher spoke to the media the other day about his Sanford Bulldogs of 2018. Another year is upon us. We're very excited about um, just starting a new season. You know, you work all year long um, for the opportunity to practice and prepare for um, other opponents um, and go out and compete on a weekly basis. So we're all very excited about that and, and looking forward to the 2018 campaign. It's been a good summer um, so far. And um, we start a week, actually a week from today, we'll, we'll crank it up for our first fall practice um, as we um, get ready for this upcoming season. So we're very excited. The guys are, I think, are in a very good place. Um, you know, we come off on um, a season last year where we made the playoffs for back-to-back -back times, the first time in 25 years in school history. Um, we have a lot of outstanding um, student athletes um, that garnered a lot of awards. Um, so, you know, our goal this year is we just want to get a little bit better. Year one, we won six. Year two, we won seven. Last year, we won eight. Um, if, you know, if we can win one or two more, we, we would win the conference championship, which is always the first goal that any team has going into a season. So um, we're excited, looking forward to it, and um, hopefully um, we can win one game a week, beat Shorter, beat East Tennessee State, and everybody in between. And if we do that, we'll all be very excited about the way the season turned out. I think we have a good culture. Now, culture is a fluid deal, okay? It's not always, it never stays the same. Um, but we have a lot of players that are returning with, um, with, with, with a lot of plays underneath their belt. I think they've done a good job in just the couple weeks that the freshmen have been here is, is making their acclimation process a lot easier because, you know, there's going to be a few new players, newcomers that are going to have to step in um, and provide meaningful, meaningful snaps um, this upcoming season. But, um, you know, our goal is to be number one. And I tell the team that all the time. I and mean, that's why you compete. You want to be, you want to be the champion. You want to be ranked number one all the time. Um, and so that's something we do. But um, I hate to use the, um, this saying, but it, but it is a process, okay? I mean, you, you can't focus on the outcome. You got to focus on being the best you can be each and every day. Um, and I feel like with the type of players that we have, with the work ethic that they've been putting in um, and with the, the, the schemes our coaches have implemented and will continue to implement, um, I believe that, you know, our best will be pretty good. And, um, you know, a lot of times, depending on what type of season you have, depends on how good everybody else is. You always want your best team when everybody else has their worst team. So, okay, I've been down that road before. Um, so, um, you know, from, from that standpoint, um, I know there's a lot of excitement around our program, but, but that's what we've, we've, we've been building for. Um, you know, we've been building to be the best. And, um, you know, fortunately for us right now, we've been picked as the conference favorites. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into making that a realization. Um, but right now, we're just focused on um, getting started for camp. Um, we have a lot of positions that we must feel that um, we lost some really good players and some guys are going to have to step up um, and, um, and, and, and fill those positions if we're going to have a chance to have a very successful season. One of those positions you don't have to fill is at the quarterback spot. How valuable is it to have a guy with all the experience under his belt like Devlin who's a leader and kind of the guys can look up to him and you know what you're getting on him? Um, well, you know, first of all, I mean, he, you know, his, his accomplishments speak for themselves. And if, if you'll look at any, 
any championship football team, okay, there's three characteristics that championship football teams have. They have a really good quarterback, okay, they're solid in the special teams, and they have a great defensive line, all right? And, um, and, and you better have those three if you want to compete for a championship. And, um, you know, having him back, this will be his, uh, I guess, his fourth go around at it. Um, you know, he has great knowledge of the offense, which makes it a lot easier for us. And um, he's very accurate. Um, and fortunately for him, he's got some good playmakers to get the ball to um, that makes him look really good. So um, from that standpoint, um, you know, you couldn't ask more for that. And then, you know, last season, it's kind of how it all works together. Defensively was probably the best effort we've, we've put on the field since I've been the coach. So we got a lot more opportunities. And um, so it all kind of works together. But, um, you know, he's close to being the all-time leading passer in FCS history. And if he's able to break that record, that means we had a really good season um, this year. So we're excited for, for what it, what's in store for him this year as well. And that was Sanford head football coach Chris Hatcher as Sanford is predicted to win the Southern Conference in 2018 and get back to the FCS playoffs. Sanford's quarterback Devlin Hodges picked to be on first-team offense this year. Other players of note from the SOCON on this first-team offense, offensive lineman Tyler Davis of the Citadel. You also have Nick Nixon Jr. of Sanford and from Mercer, Marquise Irvin, a wide receiver on the offense. First-team defense includes ETSU's nicer player, and you have from Furman University, Elijah McCoy, a linebacker. Those are just some of the players picked in the preseason All-Southern Conference football team. By the way, Sanford's money game this year where they get lots of money to play, well, the Bulldogs will be facing off against Florida State at Doak Campbell, and that's a September 8th game. And the interesting thing about that, this year in college baseball, Sanford went down to Tallahassee and helped knock off Florida State in college baseball. Florida State was one of the national picks. And, of course, the connection between Sanford and Florida State is one Bobby Bowden, who starred for what was then Howard College that got turned into Sanford University back in the 1950s. And, of course, Coach Bowden, a proud alum of Sanford and a proud coach in Florida State's football history. Well, that wraps up our sports lanyard for today. Hang on. When we come back, Matt Hearmans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, will be stopping by, and he's got a mouth-watering report. That's all ahead on Y'all with John Rawls. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Small business owners, there's something you do better than anyone else. And with Vistaprint, it's easier than ever to promote what makes your business great. In fact, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 standard cards for as low as $9.99. Check out hundreds of customizable templates or upload your own one-of-a-kind designs. You can create a business card that works as hard as you and make it as unique as your business. Just go to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646. 
Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom, but a little over a year ago, we realized she couldn't take care of herself without our help. And well, how could I not be there for her? I had no idea how hard it would be and just what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and even for me, ways to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics that got me started but also information about the hurdles I was facing in this new role. I could even connect with experts and hear from others who had been in my place. I know this road we're on isn't an easy one, but I'm really happy to have the extra help for her and for me. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. This message is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Tuesday edition, and we have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue joining yours truly, John Rawl, on the program. Matt Hermans each and every week gives us his dose of Dixie Grilling, and he mixes in some good places for us to check out across the land of barbecue. Matt, welcome back to y'all. Happy to be here, John. My favorite part of the week. Oh, well, thank you. Our favorite part, too, of course. It also is our most confusing part because we want to listen to you but we can't wait to go eat too so we're trying to do both we're trying to multitask (laughs) yeah well you can always mix barbecue with literally anything and i can vouch for that yeah and we are we're mixing it with you here on the y'all show well matt i know uh we talked to you last week you were on the road in charleston south carolina but i believe you had other places in mind on your east coast journey tell us how all that went 
Yeah, it was great. We uh, I was on assignment, of course, um, in Charleston. Me and my wife took a trip over there. We spent four days in Charleston. And hey, we spent that's a tough, days. tough assignment. I tell you what, it was just absolute work. It was brutal. Um, really putting in the effort and the time. Uh, no, it was wonderful. It was a it was a wonderful trip. We spent our last four days in Savannah. We drove uh, from Charleston down to Savannah and then came over to Atlanta and flew back to Texas. So uh, it was a heck of a good time. Really wonderful places. Really enjoyed the low country and uh, can't wait to go back one day. Well, I know we talked to you the other day. You were in the Charleston area devouring some mustard-based barbecue and such. What about when you crossed that mighty Savannah River into the city of Savannah? What did you ex- discover from a food and culinary aspect in Paula Dean country? Well, well, I can throw a little monkey wrench into it. We actually stopped uh, on the way uh, off, off, I guess, the peninsula. We stopped at Melvin's. Uh, which is a famous place. Off the peninsula uh, of Charleston, you're talking about. I don't... Yes, 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 sir. So um, I know everybody in that area is probably familiar with Melvin's. They they do sell a heck of a, a bunch of barbecue sauce over that way. And even um, people, uh, even popular online, I know people that order it online. I have myself. So we stopped there on the way out and uh, sampled their smoked wares. And that was uh, that was actually pretty, pretty great. I was a big fan of that. Um, we did not end up eating uh, any barbecue in Savannah, but we did eat in Atlanta uh, before we flew back. So I did get some Georgia barbecue. Really? Uh, I did. We ate at uh, the Fox Brothers. Oh, okay. Famous place. Um, yeah, which I didn't know. I've heard of the Fox Brothers. I was recommended to go to the Fox Brothers, and I did not know that the Fox Brothers are actually transplants from my home state that set up shop in Atlanta. I had no idea. Well, uh, do tell. How was it? Uh, it was. It was good. It was. It was. Um, I would say, yeah, it's, it's kind of Texas style barbecue in Atlanta. Uh, so um, the beef was what I expected. You know, oak smoked with uh, salt, pepper. Um, I got the. They have both cuts. They have the point and the flat. So that was good. Pretty solid. Pretty solid beef, smoky, cooked right. Um, we also had some pork uh, shoulder, which was good. And some pork belly, uh, which is great. Uh, my wife had some ribs. I thought those were, uh, they were kind of Texas-style ribs. I tend to prefer a little sweeter rib myself, but um, the sauce was good. I, I'd say Fox Brothers was pretty good. I was a fan of the, of the barbecue there. They've managed to kind of meld the two styles together uh, in a pretty cool way. And um, it's popular. It's tough to get in and out of there. I'll put it to you. Really? Now, do they make themselves known when you go there that they're a Texas-style barbecue, or are they just trying to be a good barbecue place that just happens to have yeah. roots, roots in Texas? Uh, yeah, I mean, they. it's not It's not cheesed out, um, you know, uh, what you would call, you know, welcome to Texas Hill Country or something like that, some type of theme at all. But, uh, you know, they have a couple little Lone Star signs and their brisket. They make sure everybody knows that that's a Texas-style brisket, which is certainly different than than what you would get uh, in other places, I think. So, but other than that, no, they're they're a, they're a Georgia place. They're not uh, they're not uh, not in your face with saying, "Hey, welcome to you know this is this is Texas in Atlanta." It just happens to be two Texas guys that cook the beef in Texas, Central okay. Texas style, and it turns out it's pretty good. It's it's popular, and it was I would say it was it was good. 
Well, Fox Brothers, I want to ask you which place you went because they have the original, which is 1238 DeKalb Avenue, Northeast in Atlanta, Georgia. But, Matt, they also have what they call the kiosk, not kiosk, but kiosk on Otley Drive. It's a fast walk-up barbecue joint. Which one of the two did you go to? We went to the original. We oh, okay. The original, yeah, absolutely, on the northeast side. So, did um, you popped it, popped it into the Google, and it got us there. <laughs> huh. The old Google machine. I tell you, that thing's amazing sometimes, isn't it? That's right. Hey, just, you know, you want to go to a joint, you just pop it in there. It tells you how to get there because I wouldn't have had any idea. Yeah. Any idea. Well, I'm glad you got some barbecue. Now, you were in Savannah, and I wasn't kidding when I said that's Paula Dean country. Did you? What were the li- lines like at her restaurant there in Atlanta? Every single night, every single night, we were there. We were there four nights, and uh, you know, I, I'm one. I'm not a big. I don't like waiting in line all that much when I'm ready to, uh, you know, get down and dirty with a fork. So um, we didn't avail ourselves of Paula Dean's place, but I can tell you, it certainly seems to be as popular as it ever was. Um, there were people around the block most of the most of the time we were there. Really. Well, yeah. we, we kind of felt, uh, we've talked before about her, the Lady and Sons Restaurant Savannah, evidently is not hurting these these days like she has with her television career. Paula right. kind of got uh, banned from television for a while for some comments she made, but it looks like she, she must did. not, she must be still paying the bills. I think the lights are still on, probably okay. at her house, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, I know they've got a, she's got a store there too, and I'm sure you've are aware of that i yeah. would not she's got there's a paula dean store which was also uh seeming to be pretty popular but um yeah what? downtown savannah what a what a cool place you you might not have heard about this you were on vacation last week when this news came out but paula dean's husband is a guy named michael gruber and he won the Ernest hemingway look-alike contest in key west the other day yeah I was about to say he would be a shoe in. He looks. He honestly, he honestly, if you uh, you throw a yellow slicker on, and he looks like uh, the absolute saltiest sea dog that ever sea dog I've ever seen in my life. So yeah. that's another. It, it's kind of a yeah. He definitely looks like Hemingway. I do. Yeah. Well, you were in t- two of our great southern cities, Savannah and Charleston. Maybe you don't realize it if you're in the listening area listening to our show today. These cities aren't but about two and a half hours drive apart from each other. Very simple to get to up US 17, a lovely part of the world to tour and see in the Spanish Moss, and it's just just a, an incredible part of the world. Now, you know, Matt, really Matt, this was your first time in that area, is that right? Yeah, first time in either one of those uh, fantastic cities, right? And we did make the drive, um, like you said, um, pretty drive, easy drive. Really nice drive. Yeah. yeah, really, really nice drive. I mean, I love our so- southern highways and byways where you see a Dollar General in every corner. I, I, I get that. And where we have other landmarks like gas stations everywhere. But when you're in the low country of South Carolina and in the coastal empire of Georgia, you know, you've got a lot of marshland. So you're not going to see a lot of development. You'll see beautiful scenery, and occasionally you'll see – development from time to time like golf courses but it's just a very pristine area they've done a great job of protecting it for the most part in that part of the world i'm glad you were able to get down there and see it now what what other food we're living vicariously through you matt what other food were you able to to partake in the area since you weren't barbecuing it out every meal 
Well, we ate everything from oysters to hamburgers. We uh, we ate along River Street. We ate over at the city market. And for people who know Savannah, uh, that's probably going to ring a bunch of bells. And we ate over in the historic district. We had we had all kinds of stuff, John. We like love the Low Country style of food. And to be honest, it's uh, me and my wife were kind of discussing it. We're 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 food heads, foodies, if you want to say that. We love food, especially regional food. We were saying that the Low Country uh, style of food has a lot in common with with what people on the Gulf Coast are used to. There's just a different type of seasoning, and there's some different variances, but there's a lot of overlap that that uh, uh, that we thought was really cool. It tastes you know tastes different. And there's a little less cayenne pepper, I'd say, but uh, some very similar overlap in the Low Country food and what you call Gulf Coast food as well. So wouldn't you say wouldn't you say that the Low Country style of food compared to maybe a Creole or Cajun or or even Gulf Coast style, as you say, maybe relies a lot on okra? Isn't okra a much bigger deal in the Low Country? Uh, there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of okra in, in my neck of the woods along the Gulf Coast. Fried. It's always in gumbo. There's a heck of a lot of okra. It's both okra places, I would say. Okay. We just get. Yeah. It's there's it's a. Yeah. Both coasts, I guess, would be yeah, okra okay. central. I guess. Um, people sticking their gumbo along the Gulf Coast with okra, and I think they do that in the Low Country as well. But put it this way, it was fantastic. That's like right in my my food strike zone. I love. We loved all of it. Yeah, we had everything from blue crab raviolis to uh, snapper with uh, Creole sauce on risotto. I mean, we we had uh, wonderful hamburgers from time to time. You just need something simple like that. But yeah. green tomatoes, you know, grilled oysters, all this type of stuff, uh, just great. Did stuff you that, did you have any she crab soup at any place? I did, and and I I got a book and I got a recipe, and I'm going to make it back at my house. I, I really liked it. Had you, like had you been but exposed I, to she crab soup before your journey to Charleston and Savannah? I had heard of it, okay. and but I had never tried it. And I, I did learn something, though, that apparently the original version, uh, most of your listeners probably already know this, but apparently the original version did include she crab, crab roe, but almost no place adds that anymore, that it's kind of a lost right. part right. of the and you're, part of the flavor profile. And yeah. you're you're losing me here. Say that again. So the she crab soup, and I learned this from being a, a food dork, I guess. Yeah. She crab soup. Originally, why it was called a she crab soup is because it contained the she crab roe from a uh, a, a a female crab ready to lay her eggs, and that's what gave it kind of an orange tint and a certain briny flavor. Now, what I learned in Savannah is that. Most places do not add the row anymore. People just, it's, it's kind of a, a strong flavor that nobody really likes all that much anymore. So we ate it in a few places, absolutely delicious, kind of like a crab bisque, but no longer, at least in most places, no longer does it have the actual row in it. So that's, uh, that was interesting, but still fantastic. And I mean, it's delicious. It's like a crab bisque and I, I could eat it every day. Now, how much of a pedestrian were you in the two cities of Charleston and Savannah? Did you have to use Uber a lot, or could you kind of walk to most places? John, we parked. I parked the car when we showed up in uh, Charleston, and then four days later, we we got the car from the valet. And really? Didn't use it. Yeah, we just walked everywhere, all the way up to the. 
I don't know what you call it, but up where the, the boat launches over to Fort Sumter and walked all the way back down to our location, which was actually close to the battery area. So I thought that was one of the best things about both places is, is we didn't have to, we never called an Uber and we never, uh, we never used the vehicle. We just walked all over town. Same thing in Savannah. We stayed along River Street, uh, gave the car to the valet, four days later got it back and we walked everywhere. I think we walked a total. We we tallied up at the end. We walked a total of about thirty miles in eight days. So <laughs> it was. Uh, but as you know, beautiful walk. I mean, there's no reason not to walk yeah. when you're in a in a, in a completely uh, kind of gorgeous area like that. You just want to walk. And, and another walk. big big plus that it sounds like you didn't even really get into that much. But both cities are within minutes of a beach. So if you really want to get away from the walking lifestyle and head to the beach, you can be there in 20, 30 minutes, which both cities of Charleston and Savannah offer. You're right, and we did. We went to Tybee, okay. and, uh, or Tybee Island. We did. That was one of the easier drives. Just a real easy drive. It took us, 20, yeah, 20, 25 minutes, no traffic, just drove through some marshlands, and there we were. And we enjoyed a little bit of time uh, on the on the beach. We don't see Obviously, being on the Gulf Coast, we don't see the Atlantic very often, and it was uh, it was nice. We we really in, enjoyed, uh, especially being in the middle of July. It's nice to get your feet wet. But uh, we're talking. Yeah, with, it was very nice. We're talking with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans. He just got back from a trip to Charleston, South Carolina, and Savannah, Georgia, and points in between. And as a guy who grew up on the East Coast, Matt, I have been living around mostly Gulf Coast people the last twenty years or so. And uh-huh. they often look down on the Atlantic coast. They often think that the Atlantic coast is dirty and nothing uh, nothing compares to the Gulf Coast. Now, I admit some places along the Gulf are absolutely pristine and something to marvel at. But there are advantages of the Atlantic coast. I don't want to skew anything. Why don't you crash, yeah. crash our party like an Atlantic yeah. wave and tell me what your thoughts on the Atlantic versus Gulf Coast is? Well... I would say, first of all, I mean, there are two Gulf Coasts, right? There's the, <laughs> there's the Gulf Coast west of Alabama, where it's where I live, and then there's the Gulf Coast uh, from Alabama eastward over into the Panhandle of Florida, which is absolutely beautiful. Now, okay. I will say this. This is my humble opinion. Uh, the, the Florida Panhandle in, uh, in that area of the Gulf Coast is the prettiest beach and some of the best water I've ever seen, and I've been to the Caribbean several times, so that. That area is absolutely beautiful, I will say. Right. My part of the Gulf Coast uh, looks a lot like the Atlantic Coast, and there's nothing wrong with it um, at all. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought the uh, I thought the beaches over in South Carolina and in Georgia were nice. I thought the sand was nice. The dunes are nice. The water's fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy that. I don't have anything against the Atlantic Coast. Okay. In fact, it looks a lot like my 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 neck of the woods along the uh, western side of the Gulf Coast, and I like it just fine. Well, one one, one thing I like to tell my Gulf Coast homers is that yes, the Atlantic Coast may not be quite as pretty, the water may not be as clear and blue. However, you actually have real waves for the most part on the Atlantic <laughs> versus the Gulf. You have not little kiddie pool waves like you'll even see in Destin. You have waves that'll knock your butt over, and that's kind of neat at times. And and unlike the Pensacola area and all that part of Florida, you can actually walk on the beach on the Atlantic coast. You can't walk on a lot of the Destin area beaches. They're just so powdery that it's very yeah. difficult to walk down the beach. That's true. It's like, well, at least, yeah, over in the, uh, 
the eastern side over along the, the, the panhandle, you're right. It's like walking on sugar. Yeah. And I will say this. Another thing uh, that I will give to the Atlantic Coast, again, I've, I love the I love the Florida Panhandle. That's, the, that's beautiful. I but like it too. I, they're, they're both great. They say, just have will, different positives and negatives. Go ahead. Absolutely. And I will say this. This is one thing I did notice is the breeze coming off the Atlantic uh, water there was nice. Okay. A lot of times, a lot of times on the Gulf Coast, the breeze is uh, is you know it's hot. <laughs> it's sticky. <laughs> it's hot. Uh, you know, at least uh, especially in uh, where I live, it's sometimes in the middle of. Uh, in the middle of the summertime, the breeze feels warmer than the uh, the standing air. So uh, I, I enjoyed the fact that the uh, the breeze coming off the Atlantic was nice and is cooler. It was more pleasant. So I will give it that for sure. Well, let's talk about breezes. And before we let you out of here, easy this week talking about beaches and food, we do have to get some good grilling tips. So my question to you is, let's say you're on vacation at a Atlantic beach or even on the Gulf Coast. How do you control cooking when there's such a large breeze coming in? How do you man the flames? That's a good question. So it depends on what type of grill you're using. Um, sometimes it's just extremely difficult. I would find any type of, I will typically, to be honest with you, this is what I will do. Uh, I will park my truck in front of the wind, and I will put the grill on the other side of it. That can't be safe. Got, that just can't be safe. Uh, not, not, not. What I'm saying is not right next to it. I'm talking, okay. You got to have a wind break. You get it? Yes. You want to have a safe distance. But also, if you've got a camper or if you've got a tent, I would just block it. Uh, but if none of that works, what you've got to keep your 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 mind on is that the the part where the uh, the area that the, the wind is going to blow into your grill, whether it's charcoal or gas, is going to be cooler than the other side. So if you're going to cook something and close the lid, or if you're going to cook steaks or burgers, generally the breeze comes in, cools off one side, and the heat stays on the other side. So you've got to make sure you you know where your hot spot is going to be, especially, especially and anybody who runs a smoker as much as I do will, will know this, Especially your your long cooks, your barbecue, your your indirect smokes on a shoulder, or some ribs, or a brisket, or anything else. Uh, you you want to make sure that you uh, you account for that wind because it's going to cool down your temperature, but it's also going to cool down one side of your meat. So you may want to turn the meat halfway through when you wouldn't have to do that. That would be the uh, the only thing I can tell you. Wow, I knew somewhere somewhere in our beach talk we could circle back into grilling somehow or another. Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than firing the grill up on a beach. Oh, well, I wasn't even talking about I was talking about maybe a little bit off off the beach at a, like yeah, a real yeah, home. Yeah. But what about if you don't yeah. have access to a car and you want to do some kind of cooking out on a beach, which I assume is allowed in some places? Uh-huh. What, what would you recommend? Well, I would do something hot and fast. I'd get a, a little light, uh, cheap grill. doesn't have to be cheap, but the lighter the better, obviously, if you want to take it down. We can cook on the beach where I live, uh, so I would uh, I would go as light as possible. I would cook something that's not going to take a whole lot of time. That way you can dump water on the coal afterwards or go ahead and shut the gas off. But typically people would bring a charcoal grill down to the beach because the gas grill is a lot heavier usually and tougher to get down there. So I would say cook something hot and fast, burger or hot dogs. We've talked about those in the past. Mind your wind. Make sure if you got burgers on the left side, they're as cooked as burgers on the right side, depending on where your wind's coming from. And, of course, as soon as you're done, get some seawater, dump it on the charcoal, and dispose of it in your closest bag. Keep the uh, keep the 
Yeah, yeah, we like that. Now, I know you said you, you spied on how to make she-crab soup on your journey eastward. Anything else that you're bringing back to Texas that you stole from the East Coast? Yeah, well, the soup is one of them. I'll tell you what, I uh, I really like the um, – so the, the boil, the low country boil is very similar to the Gulf Coast boil. It's just not nearly as hot <laughs> and spicy. Okay. But I do what – I, what I liked quite a bit was the uh, the addition of mushrooms and mussels. There's a lot of mussels in a, in a low country boil. We don't do a whole lot of mussels on the Gulf Coast, uh, but I liked them. So I'm going to look for mussels. Probably have to get them imported yeah. from from somewhere else. But I did like the mussel in the boil. That's the first time I've ever had mussel in a boil. Typically on the Gulf Coast, we do crawfish, crabs, shrimp, uh, you know, corn, all that stuff. But I never had a mussel, and I, I enjoyed it. I and the mussels are all over the place over there. So. Yeah, I, I'm not aware of that either. Maybe I'm not really from, from that part of the world myself. But I will be happy to show you my mussels. You want to see them? I've seen them, and they're present. <laughs> the, gun, <laughs> the gun show appearing nightly. That's right. That's right. That's right. Matt, thank you very much. We'll let you get back to grilling, and we appreciate all you offer here on the Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue Report on the Y'all Show. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. That is Matt Hermans. Good stuff from his journey to the Low Country and to Charleston, South Carolina, and Savannah. When we come back, we'll quickly wrap up this day's Y'all. This is the Y'all Show with John Roll. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2 liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Lightning can spark a fire in seconds. So today, I'll show you how to protect your belongings by covering them in a fireproof blanket fort. All you need is a hammer, nails, and 700 fireproof blankets. Upon completion, you'll notice your apartment isn't just fireproof, it's also extremely cozy. You could try to protect your valuables with a fireproof blanket fort, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Go to GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? 
Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We're back now for the final segment of the Tuesday, y'all, with the General, John Rawl. And I want to remind you, coming up on the Wednesday, y'all, we'll be looking at the ACC. And I can't wait for this because our special guest is going to be Jonathan Lifehite of the 24-7 Sports Family and CBS Sports Digital. And something I just know he can't wait to talk about, brand new locker rooms for a certain ACC school. Yeah. That's good news, especially when this ACC school desperately needed to step into the 21st century. So we'll tell you who that is, a locker room talk. But this isn't the kind of locker room talk that President Trump likes to talk with Billy Bush about. This is this is actual like the structures and new paint and a new design. And I've seen some of the images, and it's fantastic. So we'll, we'll have plenty of good stuff coming on the Wednesday report from Jonathan Lifehite, where he loves to talk about ACC football and more. We'll also have our country music insider, Precious Harris, with a report, the Nashville Music Line. That's on the Wednesday, y'all. Well, again, we want to thank Matt Hermans for coming on. We also want to thank our great report on Tennessee politics on the Y'all Show. And, okay, as we close out today's Y'all, we've got a little bit of time. This is what I'm going to call the General's Exclamation Point. This is our bidding shot our final parting shot for the day and i just gotta i gotta let this out because i've seen too much of this going on in our in our pretty region and i know the reason for it and i think you know the reason for it but that doesn't make it excusable and i'm talking about litter we have a wonderful part of the world and the reason we have litter and we've got trash all up and down highways and byways it comes down to the L word, laziness. I was driving the other day behind a car. It was on a Sunday, middle of the afternoon, roughly 3 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and a car was just going 20, 25 miles an hour. We were in a town, so they really couldn't have been going all that fast. Passenger, passenger door opens, an old fella takes a beer can it might have even been a beer bottle i saw it was a bud light and just casually drops it off the side of his door while he's going down the road and i'm right behind him not a care in the world i guess when you're on the sauce maybe you don't have those kind of cares whether it was a beer liquor whether it was a soft drink whether it was chicken nuggets does it really matter there's no reason to litter 
absolutely no reason to litter whatsoever. It all comes down to laziness. So if you truly love the South, and I hope that if you're listening to the Y'all Show, you have an appreciation for this region. If you truly love America, how hard is it to just collect your trash, put it in a Walmart sack or a Dollar General sack or whatever you've got hundreds of, and kind of keep it in the corner of your car or truck, and every time you get out or every few times, if uh, just kind of keep it going in there, just throw it away. Just take it out and throw it away. And if everybody did that, we wouldn't have all this trash going around because having a clean region is a sense of pride. And there's no reason we shouldn't value what God gave us, and that is the beauty. And there's no reason to litter, again, unless you're absolutely a worthless nincompoop and you are lazy. And I'm talking to you if you've done it. I'm sure at some point I've done something stupid. Probably the litter I've had, and and I don't want to pick on two people too much, if you accidentally littered, that is when you've had stuff fly out of your vehicle onto the roadside. But if you are intentionally doing it, you are low-down, lazy trash. (laughs) Speaking of litter, you are the trash, and there's no reason for you to do it. That is my pet peeve. I have been holding this back, but I can't do it any longer. And I don't care if you're Southern or not. I don't care if you're in California or you're in Mexico or any other place in the world. There's no reason to get rid of your garbage along the side of a road when you can simply put it in a sack, hang on to it, and throw it away. And I'm not saying you got to have the world's cleanest car. I'm not into that kind of stuff. I don't value my car that much, but I value what other people have to deal with. And other people don't have to come sit in my car, but other people do have to go down the highways and byways that I go down. And why do I need to litter? Why should you litter? You shouldn't. Thank you. I feel much better. Thank you for this therapy session. I'll be happy to pay you for the time that you've let me vent, okay? Well, thank you again for listening to today's Y'all Show, where we've talked about litter and a whole lot more. Litter and barbecue and sports. Oh, man, we've had a good one. On the Wednesday Show, again, more excitement coming your way. Thank you for listening to the Y'all Show. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. 
And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Small business owners, there's something you do better than anyone else. And with Vistaprint, it's easier than ever to promote what makes your business great. In fact, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 standard cards for as low as $9.99. Check out hundreds of customizable templates or upload your own one-of-a-kind designs. You can create a business card that works as hard as you and make it as unique as your business. Just go to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646.